Welcome to Horror and More with Anya Gore. I am your horror mistress, Anya Gore. I have been putting off this episode for quite some time because it has been very difficult for me to narrow, but today I am here to talk to you about my top 10 favorite horror movies. I want to say of all time, I'm sort of saying that in air quotations, <laughs> because it can change. It might change three years from now. It could change next week. I really don't know. But as of today, these are my top 10 favorite horror movies. And it's really difficult for me to narrow. I had lists upon lists and I really had to dig deep to remember everything that I have watched. So keep listening and I'm going to tell you all of them. So this is your spoiler alert. I did my best when doing all of my notes to try not to do very many spoilers, but there are some spoilers. So I am going to state the movie first. And then if you haven't seen it and you plan on watching it, then skip a little bit to the next or, you know, stop listening and then watch it and then come back and listen. Not only was it hard coming up with a list of my favorite movies because I there are so many more than 10, um, but I tried to put them into numerical order down to number one. So I have my top three favorite horror movies. I do. And that has been the same list for a few years now. This will be the second, well, technically the third year, but uh, my second movie in it is from 2019. Um, so those three were easy, but going backwards, whoo, let me tell you, that was hard. So let's launch right into it. We're going to start at number 10. Number 10 is the movie Candyman from 1992, directed by Bernard Rose, written by Bernard and Clive Barker, starring Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd. 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, 62% audience score. So I'm going to quickly say here in my experience I tend to have a very similar um, critic opinion as Rotten Tomatoes and they have become my go-to I often will look up IMDB but Rotten Tomatoes seems to be mostly on par except for my second movie <laughs> we'll get there um, but I'm going to tell you guys the two percentages and what those mean is when I say 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, that is the critic score. 62% audience score, obviously that's the audience. I generally go along with the critics, so that's sort of, so you guys know where that's, where I'm at. The premise of Candyman is a skeptical graduate student, Helen, befriends Anne-Marie McCoy while researching superstitions in a housing project on Chicago's near north side. From Anne-Marie, Helen learns about the Candyman, a knife-wielding figure of urban legend that some of her neighbors believe to be responsible for a recent murder. After a mysterious man matching the Candyman's description begins stalking her, Helen comes to fear that the legend may be all too real. So here's why I liked this movie and why it's in my top 10. I was 11 when this movie came out. Yes, I'm aging myself. 
do the math. <laughs> uh, I definitely saw it when it came out. So I was 11 watching this adult, you know, pretty visceral gore movie. And it scared the fucking crap out of me. I struggled to turn the lights off because I feared Candyman was going to be right behind me. I remember walking into rooms knowing the light had to go off and I would struggle with that. I had to sleep in my parents' room. And yes, I was 11 years old. <laughs> you were way too old to be sleeping in your parents' room. But I was so scared. I remember after watching this movie, my friends and I said his name five times in the mirror, okay? That's that's what part of the superstition is. You say his name five times in the mirror and he comes to get you. I feared for years he was going to come and get me. Not just like a day or two, for years. So that movie stuck with me. I've watched it a lot of times and I love it every time. I thought the script and the storyline were great. I thought they were really well written. The acting was great. The music, ooh, the opening sequence is one of my absolute favorite horror movie theme songs of all time. It isn't the favorite, but one of my favorite. So if you have not seen Candyman, go see it because not only is it so good, but there is another one coming out. Now it is not a remake. The, the new one that's coming out. It is being released by Monkey Paw Productions and I am so excited to watch it. I cannot wait. So that's number 10. Number nine is a French movie from 2008 called Martyrs. It was directed by Pascal Lugui. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I sound pretty good, don't I? It got 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, 69% audience score. Quick summary is a young woman's quest for revenge leads her down a path of depravity. Okay, I want to be clear. I am only putting this movie on here because this movie gave me the most visceral reaction I have ever ever had watching a horror movie before. Literally no other movie has stuck with me the same way this movie has. I could not look away, but I was beyond horrified at what was happening. This movie pops into my mind more often than any other movie. And I talk about it more often than any other movie. So that being said, I did not enjoy the extremity of the torture. I didn't. It is the epitome of torture porn. And I have not seen other torture porn related extreme movies. So you might be listening to this and thinking, wow, you haven't seen anything. I don't want to see more than this. I can't handle torture porn. I can't do it. Yes, I'm aware of the irony. Anya Gore can't do torture porn. I can be in a photo shoot and have gore, but it's different to watch it and stomach it. But because this movie had stuck with me, it made my curiosity so high, I even watched the remake. Which is a far, far less gory movie than this one. But that in itself is why I, I could not not have this movie on my list. It had to be part of my list. I did not get enjoyment out of watching this. I can appreciate the artistic integrity and the view. The, the visuals are really, really inspiring. But 
the only reason it is in my top 10 favorites is because it has never left my brain and that in itself means the movie has been effective and there are not a lot of horror movies that are that effective for me. Moving on. Number eight, Cabin in the Woods. It's from 2011. It was directed by Drew Goddard, written by Drew and Joss Whedon. And it stars Chris Hemsworth and Kristen Connolly. It got 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, 74% audience score. Summary. When five college friends arrive at a remote forest cabin for a little vacation, little do they expect the horrors that await them. One by one, the youths fall victim to backwood zombies, but there is another factor at play. So here, I had to remove part of the Rotten Tomatoes description as, in my opinion, it gave away a subplot, which when that subplot is revealed is incredible. That subplot is why this movie is on my top 10. There are so many layers to this movie. It is fucking visually incredible. But why I liked it so much was it is simply the epitome of an old school horror movie. It's got tropes. It's got a harbinger. It's got the acting is awesome. The writing is so, so spot on. It has, spoiler, so many different types of horror elements to it. It has zombies. It has a Hellraiser looking entity. It has a merman who murders people it has werewolves it's got you know different monsters that instantly just jump out and start ripping people to shreds it's got like they said these backwoods zombies which zombies are typically not my thing but these ones are absolutely incredible what i loved about it Two is that it's a horror comedy, but it isn't silly. It does not make fun of itself. It is dark humor, and I find that specific type of humor appeals to a wide variety of horror fans. So if you like horror comedy, you like watching lots of horror tropes, and want to see something with really good writing and great acting, watch this one, 100%, hands down. Moving on to number seven. We're getting down the list. Number seven, Creep. It's a 2014 movie directed by Patrick Bryce. And it was written by Jason Bloom, Christopher Donlin, and Mark Duplass. And it stars Mark Duplass and Patrick Bryce. It got 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, 65% audience score. The summary of this movie, Aaron answers an online ad and drives to a stranger's house to film him for the day. The man wants to make a movie for his unborn child, but his requests become more bizarre as the day goes along. So here's why I liked this movie. It is a very simple, basic storyline, but dear God, is it fucking incredibly effective. The screenplay was really well written, but the acting by Mark Duplass was incredible. The whole idea of what is happening in this movie is legitimately terrifying. And the visuals, oh my god, they are crazy impactful. There's a few jump scares as well, and 
Ugh. The movie starts off with a sense of dread, and that dread never stops. I just love this movie so much. I've watched it so many times, and there is a creep too, which is good as well. Did not make my top 10, but highly recommended if you enjoy Mark Duplass. If you've also seen him, he's he was a recurring character on the Mindy Project. It's really interesting to watch him in this genre comparably. So highly, highly recommend it. Moving on. Number six, It Follows. It's a 2014 movie written and directed by David Robert Mitchell, and it stars Mika Monroe and Keir Gilchrist. It got 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, 66% audience score. After carefree teenager Jay sleeps with her new boyfriend, Hugh, for the first time, she learns that she is the latest recipient of a fatal curse that is passed from victim to victim via sexual intercourse. Death, Jay learns, will creep inexorably toward her as either a friend or a stranger. Jay's friends don't believe her seemingly paranoid ravings until they too begin to see the phantom assassins and band together to help her flee or defend herself. And here is why I like this movie. The late 80s, early 90s aesthetic is awesome. It isn't obvious, so it's not obviously someone in a current time wearing something made to look like it was from that time. It's the whole aesthetic of this movie is very late 80s, early 90s. It's and, and the acting is so good. And that is so refreshing because they were unknowns. The story is so well written. It is so well executed. The screenplay is phenomenal. And it's really creepy. I don't jump scare very often, especially when things kind of come out of nowhere. But there were few, a few unexpected jump scares, and I loved them. I have rewatched this movie over and over simply to rewatch the jump scares. And there is one jump scare that even though I know it's coming, it still gets me every time. Every single time! I saw this one in the theater, and that's probably why it gets me every single time. Because I jumped. I literally jumped in my seat. <laughs> it's just such a unique idea. And I, I am all about, I love the unique ideas. So highly, highly recommend that one. Moving on to number five, halfway down the list. Your Next. It's a 2011 movie directed by Adam Wingard. Now Adam Wingard, I didn't really know very much about him until I actually looked into him and poof, this guy has directed a lot. He directed VHS, VHS 2, Death Note, the Blair Witch remake, The Guest, and his most recent, Godzilla vs. Kong. Crazy. Crazy. And I love that he did this one. Uh, Your Next got 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, 60% audience score, which makes me want to go out to the 40% who don't like it and say, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so the summary of this movie is the Davisons, an upper-class family, are extremely wealthy but also estranged. In an attempt to mend their broken family ties, 
Aubrey and Paul Davison decide to celebrate their wedding anniversary by inviting their four children and their children's significant others to their weekend estate. The celebration gets off to a rocky start, but when crossbow-wielding assailants in animal masks suddenly attack, the Davises, mu Davises must pull together or die. Dum, dum, dum. I, it just felt right there. That totally felt right. So here's why I like this movie. Has this, is this a unique concept? No. Home invasions are not, not unique. Nothing new. But this one is high-paced and it's very well-developed. Basically, from the get-go, you are lured in immediately. Like, what is happening here? Because you know that at the beginning of watching this, this is a horror movie. It's scary. There is horrifying things happening and it starts off seemingly like a drama. So you're instantly interested. I found the weapons were great. As, as it said in the description, crossbows. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. And I actually recently did a shoot with my sister and with Scott Leroy where I we used some animal masks and tried to replicate the assailants. It was amazing. Amazing. So much fun. But anyways, um, so the gore is minimal, but when it is there, it's gory, but it's also very effective. I found the acting was absolutely perfect, as I consider this a B-horror movie, so that it wasn't campy, but also not at Jack Nicholson level acting, but really, is there very much of that in B-horror movies? Not really. But it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect for this movie. The story is simple, but it's got a great final girl twist. It is, as you're watching this, you, you typically root for the final girl. But here, you don't just root for her. You were behind her going, yes, girl, yes. I fucking love what you're doing right now. So, the ending was great. I mean, it, a little bit predictable, but it was really good. It was executed very well. And it's the small details, such as the minor character kills, that are really what makes this movie shine. As an example, spoiler alert, there is a scene where everybody is congregated in the foyer and they are terrified about opening the front door because they are really afraid that these assailants are just going to start shooting them or shooting them with you know, crossbows or whatever weapons they have outside. So they all make a pact to come together and one of them is just going to open the door while another one just bolts. She's going to run outside as quickly as possible. And little did all of them know that they had placed a wire at head level. These assailants had placed a wire at head level right outside the door. So when this girl gets wound up and runs as fast as she can her neck flies into this wire and she's instantly like just ripped right open it was such a cool scene and something that you didn't see coming and I love that that movie is the those scenes are why I love that movie and it is number five on my list that takes us to number four and the rest of these ones if you've ever heard me talk about horror movies or reference horror movies in any way these will not be a shock to any of you so number four is hereditary 
2018 movie directed by Ari Aster, who also did Midsummer, which should have made my list. Yes, it should have. Um, so this is maybe Hereditary slash Midsummer, because Midsummer is so incredibly well done. Hereditary stars Tony Collette, Gabriel Byrne, Alex Wolfe, and Millie Shapiro. It got 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, 68% audience score. The people who didn't like this are wrong, period. The summary is, when the, matriar when the matriarch of the Graham family passes away, her daughter and grandchildren begin to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry, trying to outrun the sinister fate they have inherited. So, here is why I like this movie. Spoiler alert again. I feel like I keep needing to repeat that. I don't know why, even though I've given it. <laughs> Anything occult-related has become my recent favorite subgenre of horror. It just has. And this movie absolutely solidified that. So when I went into this movie, I knew Co Toni Collette was the star. And I knew that that meant the acting was going to be incredible. She's great. But dear Lord, she absolutely went above and beyond for this role. Like, just fucking nails it. I can't even... The horror, the way she contorts her face in certain scenes, it is just beyond me. It's so good. And as I'm a mother, when I was watching this movie, I automatically put myself in her shoes. And her reactions were so spot on. All I could think about was if that had happened to one of my children or if that had happened to my mother, I would, yeah, yep, 100% I'd be react reacting that way. I absolutely loved everything about this movie. I have zero complaints. It started off sad, dark, somber, and that mood never lifts, not even in the shots of daylight. The whole entire time. You can feel the mother's anxiety. You can feel her sadness and her overwhelming urge to try to get through all of these horrific events. You can feel how hard she's trying. And then the support of the acting of the kids and her husband. Oh my God, it was the absolute perfect marriage of diversity. They're all very different actors and they all brought this beautiful, unique spin to the table. And then when it becomes obvious that it isn't a cult movie, oh, the tension builds quickly and it never relieves you. I think maybe that is one of the reasons why people don't love this movie and maybe that's why the audience score is lower because it's hard to watch this kind of ang anxious ridden intense movie and not be affected by it and a lot of people cannot handle that they don't like it they feel this and go no no I'm not no this isn't good but that is one of the, the reason why I think this is one of the most perfect movies I have ever watched I left the theater shaking and I remember saying to my sister, because I go watch a fair amount of horror movies with her, I remember saying, I haven't come down yet from this. That anxiety, I it is stuck with me. It's making me vibrate. And that is why it is number four on my list. Getting down to the top three now. Number three, House of a Thousand Corpses. This is a 2003 movie directed by Rob Zombie. 
It stars Bill Moseley, Sherry Moon Zombie, and Sig Haig. So, I remember earlier mentioning that um, Rotten Tomatoes, I usually am pretty on par with them, and I said, you know, it wasn't on par for my second favorite movie, I meant my third, which is this one. This, they gave this movie 20% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 65% audience score. I understand why people don't like Rob Zombie. He, they don't. People don't seem to really generally like his movies, and that's fine. I, on the other hand, I do. The premise of this movie is an empty fuel tank and a flat tire lead two couples down a terror-riddled road to the House of a Thousand Corpses. The House of a Thousand Corpses is, at its core, a story of a family, a cast of twisted individuals who, with each slash of a throat or stab through the chest, adds bodies to their sick human menagerie. Here's why I like this movie. When it came out, I have, I've been watching movies, horror movies, since I was about seven. So I don't scare easily. I don't really get affected watching psychopaths. Maybe that makes me a psychopath. I don't know. But this movie, when I watched it, made me re-fall back in love with horror. Absolutely fall back in love with it. I found watching this movie, it was a beautiful blend of scenery. The oddities of Captain Spaulding and what he does. He is this just very weird and twisted clown. And then the weird family. It was perfect. I loved all of it together. And then I also know that Rob Zombie is a huge horror movie fan. I, I don't even want to say huge. He's probably the ultimate. He knows more about m horror movies and movies in general than most people could ever even fathom. But he made this as his tribute to the Texas Chainsaw. And it got me right back into horror. It really did. And Baby Firefly is still one of my most cherished villains of all time. Aside from my crush on Sherry Moon. Oh, I love her. She embodies this character absolutely perfectly. I pull from this character a lot when I'm shooting, in fact. And uh, it's just so inspiring. And then add in the great soundtrack. Oh, Rob Zombie is on it. The acting is okay. It isn't awful. It isn't fantastic. But for his level of visuals, you don't require amazing actors. This brings us to my last two. My top two. And it has been, over the past two years, it has been a toss-up. These two were almost interchangeable, but I had to keep... My number one is number one because it has been rewatched the most it has been in my life the longest so number two is the 2019 movie us written and directed by jordan peele it stars lupita nyong'o winston duke and elizabeth moss it got 93 percent on rotten tomatoes 59 percent audience score the summary accompanied by her husband son and daughter Adelaide Wilson returns to the beachfront home where she grew up as a child, haunted by a traumatic experience. Haunted by a traumatic experience from the past, Adelaide that something bad is going to happen. Her worst fears soon become a reality when four masked strangers descend upon the house, forcing the Wilsons into a fight for survival. When the masks come off, the family is horrified to learn that each attacker takes the appearance of one of them. 
So here's why I like this movie. I consider this to be a social commentary horror, which is becoming a new subgenre, and I am a hundred percent here for it. A hundred percent. There are other social commentary horror movies such as Get Out, Antebellum, Blood Quantum. It's basically any horror movie that deals with the representation of a minority. So these movies are dealing with mostly black people. Um, Blood Quantum took place in an indigenous community. So th this is a new subgenre and I am 100% here for it. The timing of this could not be more perfect. Jordan Peele bringing to light everything that he has and his love for horror in yes. <laughs> So there isn't one thing I don't absolutely love about this movie. The acting, the writing, the visuals, the concept, the music. All of it is top-notch, and I personally don't think it can get any fucking better. Lupita leaves anyone in the dust when it comes to acting in any kind of role of duality. I'm not really going to get into more than that because... I personally believe that every horror movie fan needs to watch this movie. I loved all of the hidden references that he put in this movie. So you can tell, because Jordan Peele is a horror fan. So this is a horror fan made for horror fans by a horror fan. And, you know, he, he references Chud, Michael Jackson, The Lost Boys, Corey Feldman. It's just his detail-oriented eye, it gets so noticed by horror fans. But the level of metaphor can be missed by the masses. And I think that is why the audience score is so low, but that's why the critic score is so high. Because, you know, critics and real intense horror movie buffs, they watch, we, we watch movies in a different way than the masses do. It's just a reality, right? A popcorn movie watcher is not going to understand the levels of intricacy in this movie because there are a lot and there are a lot of metaphors. I missed a few of them myself, but when you start re-watching this movie, every single time you see something you previously missed. It's just, I've seen this movie a dozen times or more and every single time I pick up a different nuance and that is so impactful and that's why I congratulate Jordan Peele because he has hit his niche and I hope that continues dear lord I can't wait for his new one and this is going to bring us down to number one my top favorite horror movie of all time is Rosemary's Baby 1968 movie directed by Roman Polanski and written by Ira Loving the book is phenomenal I highly recommend it the movie stars Mia Farrow and John Cassavetes 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 87% audience score. The premise of this movie, if you have not watched it, dear lord, what are you doing? <laughs> but anyways, I'll give you the premise anyway. A young wife comes to believe that her offspring is not of this world. Wayfish Rosemary Woodhouse and her struggling actor husband Guy move to a New York City apartment building with an ominous reputation and odd neighbors, Roman and Minnie Castavetti. When Rosemary becomes pregnant, she becomes increasingly isolated and the diabolical truth is revealed only after Rosemary gives birth. So here's why I like this movie. Simply, it's amazing. The story, 
is amazing. It is simple, but it is re really detail-oriented, and it just gets under your skin. Roman Polanski and the author of the book created the screenplay together, and it is magic. So I will be very clear here. Do I think Roman Polanski as an individual man is magic? Fuck no. We all know about his shit. No. However, it is undeniable the magic that the two of them created for this story and this movie. When you're first watching it, it's soft. Then the horror starts to unravel. You know, it, it just sort of hits you, bam. And it, when it gets you, it gets you. Most of the movie takes place during the day, which I found in itself adds to another layer of horror. The dialogue has layers of hidden meaning, and only after many, many watches did I pick up on all of that. When you start watching this movie and you haven't seen it before, you don't know what to expect. Is it a love story? Is it a drama? The music is perfect. Absolutely perfect for a horror movie, and it is perfectly ambiguous. Then when the horror does become unleashed in front of you, it is so delicious, you can't help but gobble it up. And then it stays with you. And that is why it is my favorite horror movie of all time. I do want to make a couple notable mentions because, like I said, my list was so long. But I will say, if you haven't watched anything on my list, you should. And then reach out to me and tell me what you thought of it. And if it's contradictory from what I thought, that's okay. I like to talk about this stuff. I know a couple people that hated Hereditary. Absolutely hated it. We're still friends. <laughs> so all good. But some other movies that I, I did want to note that would be in my larger list are Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. An amazing, beautifully crafted horror comedy. I It's so good. The Witch. We can't deny The Shining or The Exorcist. Also, almost on my list was The Strangers, was American Psycho, and then The Fog. Those are all movies that I do feel horror movie fans need to watch. If you have not watched any of those movies or any of my top 10, please watch them. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode and I put it off because it took a lot of work to get all of this detailed, researched, all of the information from Rotten Tomatoes, etc. And if you think of a episode that you would like to hear me talk about, generally within the horror realm, but not exclusively, reach out to me. If you feel like you would like to be a part of Horror and More with Anya Gore, reach out to me. I'm not always available, but I am very open to having people join my world.
called.